this is not going to be very coherent. I'm going to warn you in advance. Hey, welcome to Marginally, a podcast about writing, work, and friendship. I'm Olivia, a corporate drone living in Eastern Europe, working on a novel and daydreaming about lots of other projects. And I'm Megan, a librarian turned freelance book indexer and proofreader, also working on a novel while raising two boys with my husband and making PB&Js by the dozen. In today's episode, we have Alicia de los Reyes as a special guest. We know her as Likes Oatmeal on Instagram. She's a writer based in Seattle, Washington, where she lives with her husband, son, and cat. She has her MFA from the University of New Hampshire, and her nonfiction has appeared in The Archipelago, The Billfield, and others, and her fiction has been published in Best New Writing 2015. She's represented by DGLM and at work on a novel. We asked her on today, first of all, because we really thought her DIY writing retreat book, which was published in 2014, is really helpful, especially for this season of the year, National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo, when people are trying to get through a huge volume of writing in a short period of time. And what's really great about the DIY writing retreat, uh, say that several <laughs> times quickly, uh, <laughs> what's really great about it is that it is kind of gives you everything you need to do to just take a whole day and get through a huge bunch of writing. Another thing we really like is that she's really open with her listeners on her podcast, Scratch Paper, and online, and in particular talks about her first two manuscripts being rejected and how that's made her a better writer. So let's get to the interview. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. Thanks so much for having me. Why don't we start by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have a two-year-old son, and I've been writing for a few years. I um, went to grad school to get my MFA, and since then I've been writing pretty steadily. I worked for a while as a tutor part-time. Um, we moved out to Seattle and that was the best job I could find that still left me some time to write. And then we had our kiddo. And since then, I've been writing novels, mostly. I started out writing nonfiction. So my thesis when I was in grad school was actually like narrative nonfiction about spending time in an evangelical church. But then so I've written some articles and essays, things like that. After I had our baby, I mostly have been writing fiction because that's my true love, I guess what I really like to write so could you tell us I know you I think you just finished a novel a draft of a novel oh so yeah maybe, could you tell us maybe what that was like I guess what it's about which is a lame way of asking a question about a novel and you know what kind of brought that idea up for you sure so my first novel was about a missing woman and it was this kind of like complicated novel where you don't really know what's going on and there's three perspectives and that was the first thing I wrote and even though the book itself was really complicated I think it was a little bit easier to write than like a straightforward novel because the three perspectives meant that like each chapter was a different perspective so I could treat it like a short story so that was kind of like my first real novel that I wrote. The first one that I like sent to my agent and asked, you know, she shopped it around. Before that, I'd written like, I don't know, I think it was like warm up novels where I just kind of told a long story and filled up a notebook and like, called it done, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then that one ended up getting rejected by everywhere because it's kind of a complicated book and three perspectives. And it has a lot of things that in retrospect, I'm like, wow, I really overcomplicated it. And I don't know, I guess there's a lot of missing women books out there, too. So then I when that one was getting shopped around, I started writing this novel, which I just finished. And I was like, I'm just going to write about whatever I want to write. And I'm just going to make it a straightforward novel. And so I was getting really into like tarot cards and this idea of like goddess religion. And I still I'm, I'm just like interested in religion in general. I mean, when I was writing my nonfiction thesis, I spent like a year in this evangelical church and did a lot of research and got to know people. And there's just so many like fascinating aspects about it to me. So I knew I wanted to do something with that. So I decided to make this novel about a psychic and an evangelical family and gets involved in an evangelical family. So the premise is the psychic Leah is helping this family whose foster daughter has stopped talking. And the mother in the family comes to see her because she's at her wit's end, like nothing has worked to make her daughter talk. So that's how that came about. I just 
like kind of tried to write exactly what I wanted to write about. And the other thing that I was thinking about, like just as the basis for it was like, so I've been reading about goddess religions and like communities of women and myths related to all that stuff. And I thought, well, I had this kind of like standard Catholic upbringing. What would it look like if somebody had like what I would think of as maybe like a more ideal religious upbringing, like a goddessy kind of like empowering female oriented upbringing. And so I put that into the book too. I made that where the psychic comes from. But I don't, I don't think I really answered your question what it was like. Um, <laughs> I just decided to start writing it. And I basically write, I have a babysitter who comes two afternoons a week. And uh, we also do a care swap with our one of our baby friends who's the same age as my son. Mm-hmm. And so I get one morning a week too. So it's really a great schedule for me because I have free time and can think. Of that time, though, I'd say I probably spend like four to six hours writing because there's just lots of things to do. And sometimes I need to take a nap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, I I write basically like two hours in the afternoons twice a week. That's what I try to do. And I wrote it, it took me I went back and looked, it took me nine months to write this one, which I think is kind of fast, but that's way fast. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) from my perspective. Yeah. But I was also kind of, I don't know, I like outlined the whole thing ahead of time. And I don't know, maybe I just like put less pressure on myself. It didn't, it just felt like I was kind of plugging away at it. And I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> so it was really great when that happened. Um, and then I let it sit and I went back and revised it some and sent it off to my agent. So now I'm working on more revisions for my agent and I have a couple people reading it to give me some more feedback. But yeah, that's how I wrote it. And that's how I got the idea for it. One of the main things, I guess it's a theme that we talk about with uh, all with each other and with all of our guests is, you know, what do you think constitutes your text on the page to use our metaphor? Um, and what's the margin, you know, so what are the things that are like the fixed parts of your life? And then obviously, this time that you spend a few days a week that you're able to carve out is sort of your margin. But you know, how fixed is the text? And how has that changed over time? Well, so having a baby obviously like shifted everything. It used to, I used to have this like really scheduled life, even though I was working part time, but I would like, you know, spend X hours a day writing, X hours a day like querying and X hours a day submitting, stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But now it's much more fluid. Like I don't even really use a planner because I just don't have, I mean, I use a planner to like keep appointments and stuff, but I don't use it for my work because I usually just work on one thing at a time. So I'd say the text of my life would definitely be taking care of our kid and doing all this stuff to like keep our house running, you know, like making dinner and cleaning up every once in a while. (laughs) That's definitely changed from like, you know, even in the past year, because when a baby is one versus when they're two, things are a lot different. Mm. And like when he was an infant, I was just doing that really. And like writing in scraps of time, like 20 minutes if I wanted to. People find it really useful just to hear kind of an honest examination of, you know, what different people who really are trying to write kind of in real life do, because so many things about writing are like very idealized, you know? Well, I guess, so two other things. One is that I would say my mental health is definitely a piece in like writing and time to myself, because for a while I tried to kind of just like work during nap time and it just didn't work. Like my child is, I would say he was an, he's an active kid. So he's not like, (laughs) he's not a, he wasn't a super chill baby and he's not a super chill two-year-old. I mean, I guess most two-year-olds aren't. No, but there are chill ones. And then there are (laughs) like, you know, there are ones who are chill for two. And then there are ones like my oldest. Yeah. So it's just, I, I needed to get like, I mean, I, I kind of was like racked with guilt about this for a while, but I really did need to get some outside help that I could actually like get a break. And then I also needed to not force myself to use all of that time to work because then it was just like wall to wall working. Like I was taking care of the kid and then I was working in the time that I had. So it took me a while to figure that out. And sometimes think if I had had family living nearby, it would have been easier because I wouldn't have felt bad, I guess, about like giving him over to grandma or something like that. But Anyway, these are the things that like went into figuring out the schedule, which I now think works really great for me and I feel really lucky to have, but Mm. I was like in agony about it for a while. The other thing I was going to say is I definitely think about writing as being on the margins because 
I think there's kind of like a stigma around being like just a stay at home mom, like just in quotes. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to contribute to that. So that's something I think about when people ask like what I do. You know, I I usually start with saying like I'm home with our kid. And then if I want to tell them I'm a writer also, I will. But it's not something I necessarily lead off with, even though if you like Google me, that's what my internet presence is all about. So that really makes sense. And is one of the reasons we wanted to frame you're staying at home as, you know, it is a day job and a night job and a, <laughs> a weekend's job. And <laughs> yeah, and there, and there definitely is a stigma both ways. You kind of just can't win yeah. whatever you choose. So, <laughs> yep, I think that's true. Yeah. One of the things that is like a big theme for us is, you know, this sort of identity question and how do you balance these different identities and like when do you identify as a writer and how much do you feel in your real, in your so-called real life that you do that? And I do think it's interesting when you see, like, you have a very kind of writerly online presence, and then to think about whether you introduce yourself as that or how you kind of frame that for yourself in your life. And it's interesting with with you, it sounds like it's deliberate. Sometimes for us, when we were talking about it, sometimes it's like just being shy, right, is the reason that we didn't say that we were a writer, because it's sort of hard. Um, But that's probably also you have more track record in terms of publishing in this sort of area maybe as well compared to us? Well, I mean, sometimes I just also don't want to talk about it. You know, like whether I feel like no matter how accomplished you are, people are always like, ooh, a writer, tell me about that, you know, and I don't necessarily want to be like, sometimes it's really just kind of like dull and like thankless. It's not like really (laughs) exciting to talk about or also, yeah, I don't know. And then I also feel a little bit silly sometimes, like you're saying, like feeling shy, like, I'm a writer, I did this, this, and this, but I feel like, you know, for some reason that comes off to me as so much more like self-promotion-y than like if I just had a normal job, I'd be like, well, I'm a, I don't know, IT professional. Nobody would be like, ooh, she's showing off, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) There's definitely this mystique around being a writer that other people seem to see, and then when you try to explain that it's really not like that, then I don't know, I feel like they're kind of disappointed and yeah or if you have like mixed feelings about it I guess that's also because I mean writing I guess is kind of a it I mean it definitely is like a privileged thing to be able to do so if you're ever like complaining about things I mean I feel kind of silly to complain about it because I've got I've had all this good luck but still is so much rejection involved with writing so right and you're not it's not like you're doing something that is really taxing I mean like I right right you know if you've been a a gosh a teacher of small children or weighted tables or you know whatever there are all kinds of jobs out there that are just so exhausting and to be like oh I'm so tired because I was trying to write you know 2,000 words today and it's like (laughs) oh that's really sad (laughs) (laughs) I guess one of the reasons that we wanted to talk with you is because of your book that you published was it in 2014 your DIY writing retreat yeah And this book is just really applicable to our conversations, both the process and the fact that you you did it and you self-published it and you've taken your writing process of that book and what led you to it. But also the fact that as people who don't write full time, the, the thought of being able to apply to a residency or even a weekend writing retreat somewhere or, you know, a two week long program. It's just not a possibility. And it, it is a possibility, but it's not one without a whole lot of logistical questions, you know, right. childcare and leaving jobs and that sort of thing. Yeah. But this is definitely within reach for anybody. And, you know, this month as NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, you know, this is definitely something that's really helpful and just a cool idea. Well, thanks. So can you tell us a bit more? So I think I wrote this like, my husband was away and we had just moved to Seattle. So I didn't have like anything to do. And I remember I was just like, Oh, I can write this book. I had this idea because right before we moved, I had finished grad school. I was looking for jobs, but we were living on the other side of the country. So I was like, I'm going to make this week my like writing retreat. We were staying with our family friend, and he has this huge old farmhouse. And so my husband was still working, but I was like, I'm going to make a schedule and I'm going to spend the day writing stuff in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll like go do something fun because we were living in Maine and by the coast. And I was like, if I schedule something in the morning, then I'll feel good about myself and I'll get to like relax in the afternoon. So that's kind of how I came up with this schedule. 
And I ended up, I used that time to write DIY Chiclet, which is my like very first ebook. And it's just a guide to writing Chiclet, which I like read a ton of from high school through the present. (laughs) And it was just like, I felt like writing it was this great indulgence that I could never do like in my normal life. Like it wasn't serious enough to write for grad school and it was, it didn't have, like, I mean, I intended to sell it, but I didn't have lofty enough goals to take up like work time doing it. So when I had this unemployed free time, I was like, I'm just going to write it. And so that was when I actually gave myself this retreat. So then like a couple of years later, when my husband went out of town and I was like, oh, I've, I've done like a DIY writing retreat. I could write a book about that. So I put this one together and this guide is how to like take yourself on a writing retreat for the weekend. So it has a schedule for two days, like what exactly to do from the time you wake up until you like go to bed. And it has a mix of like writing time and taking a break and like when to eat. In the afternoon, you're supposed to go on like an outing, like an adventure, and it has ideas for what to do then. And then there's also in the guide, like how to figure out what project to work on and what goals to set for your weekend and how to find time and then like kind of offbeat or different ideas for how to get away. So I luckily got to stay with my family friends like in his farmhouse, but there's kind of like pared down alternatives to that in case you don't know somebody with a farmhouse, like Uh go to (laughs) like going to a hotel in the off season or just like taking a really long train ride or going to a library in a different town. The whole idea around it is that like, like you said, like going to a residency or a, like a real like prestigious writers retreat is just not possible for a lot of people. And like, it's not possible for me. So even though you won't get the prestige factor, if you go on your own writing retreat, you can still get writing time, which is like what we're all after in the end, I guess, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So does that make sense? Olivia and I have both kind of done this in different forms. So I actually one year asked for my birthday. I my husband was overseas and so I was at my parents for a few weeks in the summer over my birthday. So I asked from them for my birthday present to be a two day writing retreat and oh, my mom nice. Yeah, so my mom booked me, you know, a cabin on Airbnb or something um that was like an hour away so I couldn't come home. And perfect. it didn't have internet and it didn't even have like restaurants nearby. And she just sent me off and my boys stayed with my parents and I finished the first draft of my novel. And that was my goal Yeah, going to it. And it was amazing. And, you know, Olivia has done something similar. So yeah, I want to do it more organized like this. So actually, this is really great to have a schedule because I was just going to ask both of you, actually, since you've both successfully done this, like if I think and maybe it's because I don't leave my house, but a lot of times if I have a chunk of time, I don't know, I get really lazy or I block it in my mind or something like that. So I think getting away, I think could really help with having the intention because it's really easy for me to just sort of, for whatever reason, like wake up and feel more tired than usual or whatever else. And so then I kind of (laughs) self-destruct really quickly. (laughs) Well, I think what you said, Megan, about like being an hour away, so you couldn't get home. That's so smart. It just worked out that way. (laughs) So thanks, mom. She's, she always listens. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah no I think it's a really good idea I think I just need to like decide and do it and I really like that there's a schedule so I don't have to think about that I can just like I do really think that's super helpful for me because I like I don't follow rules I make for myself but you've made all these rules for me so I could follow them (laughs) oh great um I was gonna say though it definitely helps that like I have supportive people around me who want me to write so like after I remember after our kiddo was born, we and he was like nursing like crazy. And then he finally like slowed down. And my husband was like, hey, you know, you could get away for a whole day if you want. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> Not just two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was a miracle. I remember it was like the best day of my like first year. <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry, child. But so I took a ferry. And um, because out here in Seattle, you could take ferries. And I went to this town called Bremerton, which is a really nice town. Like just it's not that far away on the ferry. It's like 45 minutes and you can walk around it. And it has like coffee shops and restaurants and everything. And I wrote that whole day and it was amazing. I was like, this is that was when I was revising my first novel. And it was like this horrific, gigantic task that I hated doing. And so like having a day to push through it really helped. But yeah, Mm -hmm. is like telling me I could get away. I was like, Oh my God, you I could get away. And so that's been a big help too. 
That was going to be my question is if you've done it like since your life changed so much. So it's, I think it's really cool that you've applied it in so many different circumstances and that you can kind of edit this writing retreat schedule however you need to. I've seen, you know, even a couple of hours or something, you can still use it as a template for that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I just get away for one day now. I haven't been away overnight. Well, not to do a writing retreat. I have been away overnight. But I mean, you could just take one day from the schedule and just do that. Or if you have like half a day, you could just skip the morning stuff and just do the afternoon stuff. Or I mean, the other way around, just skip the afternoon stuff. But I think I think it, I think it's pretty flexible. I think one thing was that you said that there was one of the prompts that you really, really liked that you hadn't seen elsewhere. And that's something that I love about the book is not only is there a schedule, there's also a whole lot of writing prompts that you have collected from your other writing classes and just, I'm assuming, things that you've come up with on your own. And then also the re the recipes. So if you haven't gotten to the end of the book yet, Olivia, there are recipes for quick, easy things to make ahead so you don't even have to think about what you're going to eat. But the prompt that I really liked was the idea of writing a scene where two characters in your book talk who have never actually met. Oh. Cool. That, the reason that was so cool is, is in the, my revisions right now, I'm working on the romantic interest character and sort of making him, he was likable. And then when I revised, he became incredibly unlikable. <laughs> so now, now I'm trying to get him likable again, or at least attractive again. And so there is also a character from the main character's past who is not even alive by the time like the book picks up. So, but the idea that, you know, these two people who are so central to her, if they could have a conversation and I felt like that might really make him a lot more sympathetic. So I thought that was cool. Oh, cool. Do you know, I think I got that. Have you ever read um, State of Wonder by Anne Patchett? I have not read that. The only book of hers that I have read all the way through and not just started and got distracted was The Getaway Car, uh, which is her book oh, about writing really process. Good. Yeah, I love that. So I don't know if it's in that essay or if I read it somewhere else. I love Ann Patchett. I'm like a huge fan. But somebody asked her to write a short story, like after she'd published a bunch of novels. And so she said that she hadn't written a short story in so long. She felt like she didn't know how to do it and didn't know where to begin. So what she did was she did like kind of a prequel to State of Wonder, where the one of the characters who's dead in the book gets to meet the other main character who's like a big protagonist like a, a huge main character in the book so she kind of like did that and I thought that was so cool yeah that is it's funny that it's another dead character too <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've written a lot of short fiction and personal essays which do you prefer do you write this is sort of a complicated question do you write the short fiction as like practice and as a way to get published is it a form that you like? Like, what do you get out of it? And how does it compare to your long form creative writing? Well, I, I haven't actually written that much short fiction. I think I have like three or four things that I would consider like short stories that I feel like I should maybe be submitting or like working on and submitting. But I have written a lot of essays and articles, I guess. So I think it's complicated because in nonfiction, I feel like the path to getting a book deal is to write a bunch of essays or articles. And that kind of builds your platform. And maybe your agent discovers you that way or you are simultaneously writing a long book and querying it and they see that you have all these credentials and eventually you get an agent and a book deal. So that is definitely like the path to publication in nonfiction in my experience. So that and also I my MFA is actually in nonfiction. So that's one one reason why I've written like essays and articles. The other is that Pool is much less competitive for nonfiction because there's like tons and tons of online magazines and print magazines that need to put out content like every single week and or every single day. And so it's a lot, even though it's competitive and not very high paying or and it still can be very hard. It's a lot easier to get published, I feel like, in those avenues than it is to get published in a short story, like in a literary magazine, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So uh -huh. that's one reason why I've written those. And so I think it's more complicated in fiction because I think there is this idea that if you get short stories published first, then eventually you'll get a novel, like a an agent, and then you'll get to write a novel. But I'm not sure that it actually works that way. I mean, I guess I don't really know because that's not how I found my agent. I found my agent through my nonfiction book, and then she just has started shopping around my fiction also, which is really nice for me. But <laughs> yeah, so I think that people write short stories because they see it as 
like the steps towards writing a novel. But for me, it didn't work that way. I started writing short stories because I took a short story class in my grad school program. And I remember I was like, this, I've been trying to explain this for a long time. I hope it makes sense. So hmm. when, before I took that class, I had not written like a short story that I would show anybody. Like maybe I'd written a short story, but it was like secret. Or like I showed um, Andrew when like we were dating and I was like, oh my God, this is like my heart and soul you're reading right now. <laughs> so it was like this like really intense personal thing. I really wanted to write fiction, but I was totally afraid to. So then I took this class, which was not a workshop. It was just a like introduction to short stories. And we read short stories and every week you had to write to a prompt and it was just like write two pages and we would take turns reading each other's. So like you would read your two pages out loud and everybody would say something nice about it because it wasn't a workshop. And so I like wrote a short story and I like, I just remember like hearing these other people's short stories and starting to write my own. And I was like, oh my God, you, you can just like write a short story. There's no like, there's no like secret portal you have to pass through to start writing short stories. Like yeah. these people are all just writing them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like some of them are good. Some of them I hate, like, you know, like not, it's not like they're like magic. They weren't like, they were good writers, but I didn't see like, I wasn't like overawed by them. I was like, I can do that. They, they're doing it. I can do it. So that kind of like broke down the door for me to start writing some fiction at all that I would want to maybe show other people. So yeah, so that's when I started writing a couple short stories. And so I have gotten feedback when I show my short stories to people that it sounds like the beginning of something longer. So, and I guess that makes sense because I've never really thought, like, wanted to be like a short story writer. I've always wanted to be a novelist. So I think, like, secretly I'm always writing a novel. And I think I wrote, like, my first, like, warm up novel on, like, a Christmas break when I was in grad school. And so I've been writing them kind of simultaneously. But I, I guess the reason I still feel like I should chop around those short stories that I have and like work on them is because it's just good to have publications. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it could only help me. <laughs> right. But yeah. I, I, it's really low on my list right now, I have to say, because it's so much work to submit short stories. And it's so, I mean, like my one short story, which I think is really good and I like don't want to change a word in it. It's gotten rejected like, I don't know, 25 times, something like that. So it's just demoralizing. <laughs> no, that makes I um I actually I've actually submitted one short story and I did I did this last year and basically the whole I just saw the whole thing as an exercise in getting something polished to the point where I wanted to send it to somebody and getting used to being rejected um and you know clearly it got rejected everywhere but it was just sort of practice in the submission process but not with any real hopes of anything happening with it but I think that's a noble goal well I only did it once that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's you have to practice that's a professional skill right and so you actually do have to practice it somehow and if you've spent I don't know for me a couple years writing a book like it feels hard especially if that's your first time to go through that whole cycle and I also feel like the idea, I'm a huge Ray Bradbury fan, and he's he writes in several places, but um, in Zen and the Art of Writing, he talks about his short story submission a week process and how he would draft it, draft it on Monday, revise it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and send it out on Friday. That sounds so annoying, by the way, every time you say that. <laughs> I know, I know. Not, it's not, you're not annoying, but I just... That he could do that, right. Uh, Did he have a day job? He did I don't not think so. have a day anyway. job, but his, his wife supported it. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. worked and he actually, well, their marriage was not the greatest. Um, and she had a whole lot of resentment. So there you go. There's your answer. No way. Uh, <laughs> they also had four children and he actually spent a lot of time with his kids, oh, but I don't think he spent a lot of time with them. Like, I think he was like the fun parent and she was the one who actually took care of them. But anyways. But you can also scale that to a different scale, right? It doesn't have to be every week. Right. It can be every month. And that was sort of like... I felt like that was a good exercise, though, because um, so Alicia, Olivia and I both were on the newspaper staff in high school and college. That was really good exercise in just like fluency and just being able to know that I can sit down and write like a thousand words. They might all be terrible in a, you know, a handful of hours. I sort of, but that's nonfiction and that's different. And I sort of see the short story exercise of, you know, setting a schedule of some kind as the same sort of practice, whether it actually anything comes of it or not. Yeah, I guess I think like writing a novel feels different to me. And I don't know when I'm, when I see people online uh, writing like novels, they always seem to put a lot of 
pressure on themselves. And I always just think like, I'm so glad I somehow had this magical idea. Like the first time I wrote a novel, like I, I just wasn't going to worry about it. And I think that really like helped me because I think you need to write like a novel for practice. You know, like I don't know that mm. everybody's first novel is going to be their first novel. I mean, no, everybody, that's the question that everybody asks you. And last year, I kind of spent a lot of time thinking about it. Last year, I took three months off in the summer to write on my novel. And I work in consulting. And so everybody has this sort of success mindset, right? So they're like, great, when is it going to be published? And blah, blah, blah. And when are you going to finish it? And I went into the three months like that and kind of had like, I have to finish in these three months and you know, whatever. And then uh, by the end of the three months or like around halfway through, I realized like all of this is self-imposed. And also like I only care about the sort of doing of the writing. And obviously I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, like the same novel, but like, you know, I do want to finish. But uh, I, the thing that was important was not like whether or when I finished, but really just sort of showing up for it consistently. And also I didn't care that much whether it gets published like I want to decide even whether I submit it once I finish and I decide if it's good enough like I don't want something living in the world like independently of me that I hate and it's still there with your name on it yeah I think like with my first one I think I I probably didn't have this perspective starting out I like tried to revise it and fix it up and I was like why am I like this is terrible why am I beating myself up (laughs) over it why don't I just throw it away and I think that that is like a good thing to do is like feel good about getting rid of the stuff that you don't you know like just shelve it who cares I don't know yeah move yeah, on no it's yeah. hard to let it go but I don't if there's something else you want to write then you can write it I don't know I get sick of projects I guess so that can be a good thing I think <laughs> yeah yeah no totally so what does your process look like usually or it may does it change from from book to book because you mentioned that you really outlined this last one and then felt like you were just able to just go through but I also feel like there must have been a lot of research involved in your projects so how does that look so my my favorite author is Geraldine Brooks and she is like super research like I reread one of her books and I was like oh my god like every line has something important in it that she probably like read you know tons about I don't do like a ton of research, but I guess I'm drawing on the old research I did for this book because it's about even an evangelical family. So I don't know. My I don't think it changes too much, but I've only written two two books. So or and I wrote the nonfiction one. I guess I try and break it into chunks. So the way that I write is I usually come up with some like idea or a person or a, a lot of times a place that I want to write about. And then I just kind of like think about it for a while and brainstorm. And that to me is like the funnest part, the most fun part, because I'm just like inventing stuff and not even writing anything down and just kind of daydreaming. And then I I always make an outline because I, I don't like making stuff up that much as I go along. But I like writing the outline because I just make like, I, it's like a list of events that's going to happen that are going to happen. So that I'll maybe take a while I mean it's hard to say how long that would really take because sometimes I'm thinking about a story for like a long time before I actually write anything down and sometimes it's just kind of like in the back of my mind and then I have some time to start working on it and then I I realize that I want to write that thing so yeah I kind of like think about it and outline and then once I have like committed to a project so I remember for this one I was thinking about writing this novel or kind of like a more memoirish book about like religion and kind of my own spiritual journey, I guess. But I was like, well, I'll just pick one and write 100 pages and see if I like it. And so I started working on this novel and became committed to it. So then like once I've decided I'm going to write it, I just start drafting it. And like I, I usually stick pretty well to the write two hours on those two afternoons that I have. And but it also helps that I will like tell my agent that I'm writing it so that she like I have some outside accountability for that or I keep up with email with some friends from grad school and so we always tell each other like once a month what we're working on so I'll tell them about it there which they're not going to like bother me about it or like um, ask me about it because we just email around once a month but it's nice to know that somebody else knows that I'm working on it so yeah so then I just kind of dropped it and then for this last one I was like I'll let it I'll let it sit for um, six weeks we were like going on vacation and having some visitors and stuff like that so and then go back and read through and try to revise it a bit. And then I sent it off. I sent it off to my agent. So I think that is a good process that I did for my last book. I hope to keep up that process. 
You talked a little bit about kind of what keep motivates you to keep going, but do you have anything that kind of inspires you to write? Oh, and we have a whole thing also about inspiration versus motivation, motivating being like kind of why you get up every day or whatever, you know, some longer term thing and inspiration is like sparks of things. So for me, I really love Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Like if I read that, I'm rush- running off to write something immediately. But, you know, do you have like what inspires you? Well, actually, I really like that, that the getaway car by Ann Patchett. I think that's really like helpful. But I think the thing that inspires me is probably like going new places because then I will get an idea to write or just feel like different. Like I get stuck in the routine a lot and getting out of it really makes me want to work on a new project or I guess keep working on the one I am. So along those lines, has there been a time when you wanted to give up writing or when it seemed really tough? And, um, what made you keep going? Oh yeah, this is a good question. Um, so I, I like often feel like I should give up writing. <laughs> um, I like, especially when, so when my first novel was getting shopped around and then it, it start like I just started getting the rejections rolling in. That was like my baby. And I was really, I mean, like I said before, you know, like short stories used to be this like secret private thing. And then I was, starting to put them out into the world. So this first novel was like, you know, like I bet the way a lot of people feel about their first books, like, oh my God, like world, please accept it. Also, I like can't change a word because I made it so perfect <laughs> for you. <laughs> like, um, so I had this, yeah. So it was like, I was so excited when my agent wanted to sell it, wanted to shop it around. And that was like, probably, I mean, like, you know, top 10 most exciting things that have happened to me. But then it started getting rejected and rejected and rejected. And I could just like, I was like, no, everything is crumbling. <laughs> I am like, a t- like, I'm never going to get published. I'd already had my nonfiction book rejected um, from a lot of places. And yeah, I just kind of felt like I was panicking and like desperate. Um, what I ended up doing with the novel is it got rejected by a first round of editors, but they all said the same thing, which is that the three three perspectives all sounded the same. And I was like, well, that's because I wrote them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I was like, fine, I will rewrite, I will rewrite them. And so I spent a year doing that because I just had my baby. And so then she started chopping it around again. And I was like, all right, this time it's going to do it. It's going to, it's going to get published. And it didn't, it got rejected by everybody. And I like, so midway through that, I realized like what was happening and what was going to happen. And like, I was like, you know, my agent is so nice and she sent it out to so many places and I was like, there's still hope, there's still hope. And then there was no hope. It was over. So I guess the thing that got me through that was like, I started writing this new novel because it was getting, cause I was like getting slammed down and I had a, a writing friend um, who lives here in Seattle who was like, yeah, if your book is on submission, you should totally start writing something new. So I did, I started writing this novel that I am working on now. And so when it got rejected, I was definitely sad. Like when it got totally rejected, but then I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm still writing. Like that is the point, right? Like what you were saying, Olivia, about, like the doing the work is the important thing. And I was like, if it's true that I'm still writing when like, there's no hope that anything I've written so far is got, is ever going to get published. (laughs) And there's no (laughs) promise in the future that anything I, I will ever write will get published. Like if I'm still writing, then like that I'm still writing, right? Like, ta-da, I've done it. I'm a writer. So I felt Mm. really empowered and like, I had always read before people saying like, you know, the point is that I keep writing. And I was always like, yeah, yeah, but don't you really want to get published? And, (laughs) but now I'm like, no, I just want to keep writing. Like I don't publish me or don't publish me world. Like see if I care. But so that is when I like felt more, yeah, like I felt a turnaround. I think that's really important. And I think it is so easy to say, yeah, yeah, whenever you hear people say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like sort of, I don't know, we're going to have uh, maybe, I'm talking to one of my, my yoga teachers. She's also writing right now and I want to get her on because she has so many good tips. But it's sort of like that sort of yoga mindset where you when you hear from, if you're not, sorry, that was my cat. Um, if you he, if you hear somebody talking like that and you don't practice yoga right or whatever is similar for lots of other things um you think yeah yeah or whatever it's just like it's a different mindset and it's really hard to explain if you're not familiar with what the practice of it is like you know writing 
is compared to, or it's called a practice all the time. And that's for a reason, you know, you, and you have to be able to look at it as, you know, you write a novel. And I mean, to be honest, I've been working on my, the novel I'm working on since I was pregnant with my son, who is now four and a half years old. So I've been working Mm -hmm. on this for five years as of October. That is a lot of time of my life that I have spent on this book and I can't get it back. And so my only goal is to get it published. Then that's pretty, that makes me pretty sad to think that, you know, if it doesn't get published, then that's five years that basically were just down the drain. But if you think of it as a practice and all of the things that I have learned and just comparing what I started with, with how I finished the book three, the first draft three years later, the progress and like the quality of writing and the things that I learned is so was so much that I really did have to rewrite the whole first half of the book just to get it to match. Um, And so then that's not five years wasted. You know, I have developed a practice. And so I think that's, that's a really helpful mindset that you have. Right. And I think like, so like my friend told me the one who was like, you should write something new when we were talking about, you know, like our various rejections, he's like, well, hopefully we're getting better at the craft too. And I was like, oh yeah, like we're getting better at writing. (laughs) Yeah. That's the point, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but well, and I think that's a really good point too. Like you have to decide like, when are you through with a book being finished with a book? can mean, any number of things like feeling like it's good enough to submit or feeling like you've said what you need to say and you can move on. Yeah. I think there's some danger in kind of like abandoning a project partway, even if you really don't think it's like got a lot of potential because then you, I, I mean, I think I was doing this for a long time. It's just like starting things. And so I was just writing like a million beginnings to books. I wasn't like writing a book, you know? And so mm-hmm. there's a big difference between finishing something, even if it's not like your pride and joy and just leaving, you know, like going through a bunch of different attempts at writing. Cause I think that's like, if writing really is a practice, then finishing something should be important, right? Like you should be a writer, not like a starter of. Books, <laughs> <laughs> definitely i really like that that's definitely gonna be an instagram quote, yeah uh, quote oh yeah. yay i'm gonna be a quote on instagram uh, at least one yeah you probably are probably more than one uh <laughs> no i think that that's an excellent point so so kind of along the same lines of talking about writing as a practice and as a craft we've mentioned a whole lot of books that we like and that are inspiring but do you have any other like, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite craft or process book? Uh, I'm sure somebody already has said this on your podcast, but I like Stephen King's on writing. But I have heard it on other podcasts, but not on our podcast. It's all, I just I'm like such a big I, I really like Ann Patchett's The Getaway Car mm. and Stephen King's on writing because they're just both very down to earth. Like Stephen King is like, sit down in a chair and write 2000 words a day, <laughs> um, which is a lot of words. I don't do that. But like, he's He's just like basically like right. And so I get like, I, I mean, I like reading bird by bird. And I think it's really, like you said, inspirational, but I can't like run on those. Like, I feel like those, they run out for me somehow that mm-hmm. like super inspirational yeah, yeah. start. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, but the kind of like practical advice, like just like Stephen King talks about his process kind of sounds kind of like Ray Bradbury's. It's like, right. And then he says, you can fix it up with one revision and then like tweak it with the second revision, like, you know, yeah. proofread it. And then send it off to your publisher, which I'm like, okay, Stephen King, I'm sure that works for you. (laughs) Add in like 16 iterations in the middle and then it's my process. Uh. Yeah. Or like, you know, a million more drafts later. So, but I, I overall like that one and Anne Patchett's The Getaway Car is just so like, I think because it's like a story about how she became a writer and she talks about working at Chili's Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I work, I mean, I didn't work at Chili's, but I've done plenty of things to support my writing. And I, I love the way she talks about how she used her non-writing time to actually like write the book in her head. Yeah. Like, the whole book totally. in her head while she's waiting tables. <laughs> and, you know, I definitely do that all the time as I'm driving or like playing Candyland right. you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. I don't write anything in my day job, but I haven't even heard of this Ann Padgett book. So that's very exciting. It's like it's like a really long essay. Yeah, it takes like 30, mm-hmm. 40 minutes to read. It's really fantastic, too. Okay, I will check that out. And then I know I said that was the last question, but I just have one <laughs> tiny more. <laughs> we actually yeah. have 75 more. <laughs> are you like, what are you like, computer or pen and paper? I outline pen and paper and then I type on a computer. But I did write one entire novel longhand, like my, I think it was another one of those warm-up ones, 
I remember I like emailed my, my two best friends. I was like, guys, I just finished writing a whole novel and I wrote it by hand. And my friend was like, I don't know which is more impressive that you wrote a novel or that you wrote it by hand, but <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to handwrite it. And when cool. you handwrite, you forget, you forget what you've written already. So I was like, I'll just add this in. I'll just add that in. Yeah, I find I'm, my internal editor is a little bit quieter when I handwrite. Yeah. Yeah, what are you think, Yeah, we're similar. Both of us, I think, write when we need to write something creative, we'll write by hand. Mm-hmm. I wrote most of my first draft, and now I'm kind of rewriting. And if I have to write a totally new scene, I'll write by hand. Just because if I write by on typing I'm basically in my mind I'm writing an an email because I write so many emails (laughs) at work and so I'm just like please send this thing to me on this date you know or whatever I just can't be very creative so yeah yeah I tend to see writing it you know writing on the computer as being like it's the final version or it's the version that other people will see Um, Mm. and the you know the version in my notebook is just for me and I actually realized this when I, my four-year-old was a newborn and I, so I had started writing the book when I was pregnant with him and I kept going after he was born, but you know, my schedule was, there was just like no time. Yeah. So I would write a scene by hand in my notebook while I was feeding him at night, but like his like 11 PM feeding, I would sit there and draft out a scene. And then the next day at some point when I had time, I would type it up and do a little bit of editing. And then the next, you know, that evening I would write a new scene by hand in my notebook. And that worked really well for me, unfortunately, or fortunately as it, you know, it's really more fortunately, I no longer have a nursing infant, so. <laughs> um, and strangely, when I when I'm in like a long period of drafting, I can still do that. Sit down on the couch at night and draft out at least like really detailed notes, if not a whole scene, in a notebook, and then work on it the next day. But right now, I'm just revising. So. But I'm excited to go back to doing it. Cool. Thank you so much, Alicia. Oh, thanks for having me. I could talk about a million other things. So (laughs) I hope I wasn't too rambly. No, not at all. No, no, it was really great. And if you have any more like DIY or any other tips, we can always get you to come back and talk about those. Oh, that'd be so fun. So that was great. And yesterday I did actually use the DIY writing retreat ebook to do a writing retreat with my partner. And we really enjoyed it. First of all, we didn't have to think about it and I didn't have to, it wasn't my rule (laughs) making him do this stuff. He was like, what does the book say? Uh, So we just did it. We adapted a little bit because we didn't wake up at 7 a.m. But otherwise, (laughs) it was really good. And actually it was a perfect pacing. So by the time we kind of used the adventure section to go for a short run, and then have lunch and so on and then we went back and and still worked in the afternoon a little bit more and it was just really great pacing so I heartily recommend this book so I looked at the book I haven't had a chance to do a DIY writing retreat following her book but I was thinking over my just daily schedule and I like the way that she structures the day and waits, you know, the, the morning period to the really intense work and then gives you space in the afternoon to go do on do the adventures and then come back around to um, what you're working on and looking at my day it's I mean it's possible to apply that in general more or less to my daily schedule and so moving forward and last week I did it some and then moving forward I'd like to continue with my personal commandment to write first every day and then Mm -hmm. you know do my day job during those those good brain hours in the morning after breakfast and after my kids go to school and then um, you know ideally to be able to just have have an adventure or just relax or immerse myself into something that's creatively maybe connected with my work but not necessarily active work, whether it's watching a movie that has the same sort of atmosphere that I'm going for or, you know, reading something for research. Yeah. And I used the afternoon time. I just couldn't go back to my novel. They made amazing progress on on it uh, in the morning. So there's sort of three hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. Um, And I really kind of finally broke the back of the scene that has been really hampering my progress for the last two weeks. So I feel great about it. It was fantastic. It was exactly what I needed. But in the afternoon, I really can't. I just don't write creatively that much in the afternoon. So I did a tiny letter to all my friends, and that was fun, and just sort of got some other writing out and other reading out that I needed to do. I do the same thing. In fact, like 
afternoons are when I do things like send invoices and <laughs> write blog posts for my company <laughs> and things like that. So I definitely agree that, you know, maybe the afternoon is, it's hard to do some solid writing, but, you know, sometimes I can draft on pencil and paper like we talked in the interview. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't, I, I like the idea of like having no pressure afternoons, you know, just time to let yeah. things sort of steep and rest. Yeah, it's perfect. So that is really good. What else is going on this week? NaNoWriMo is still uh, going on. Yeah, NaNoWriMo. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> That's still going on this month. Um, well, no, I've done really well at getting up in the morning and, you know, sitting down by 630 and working at least 30 minutes. I'm not looking at word count. It's really hard still. <laughs> and you're cheering other people on. I was just going to say I'm super proud of so many people that we see on Instagram and other places that are really actually getting out. I mean, I've seen some people are up to 25,000 words. It's amazing. I'm really happy for that. No, that is incredible. And I think everybody who is committing to their work, whether they're their creative work, um, no matter how they're doing it as a rebel, not even participating in nano, but just choosing to like make that commitment is really doing fantastic. So way to go. Yep. Way to go. We'll end up maybe on a pep talk. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good place to end. <laughs> uh, so yeah, keep doing it, guys, and have a good week. What is um, our schedule for the rest of the month is basically next week we're going to check in and we're going to read our re- responses to the writing prompt. It'll be a short episode. The writing prompt is outside in, and we'd love to hear from you. If you want to share it with us and have us share it on next week's episode you can send it to us podcast at marginallypodcast.com or if you'd just like to share it with us without us sharing it we're happy to do that too we just love to see it yeah exactly so we have got some previous writing prompts that we kind of read through and went back to the people who submitted those and we really enjoyed that and then after that it's thanksgiving for us because we're both american so we are gonna have a kind of light episode i think we'll just do some check-ins and probably splice them together with minimal overlay and have another short episode and then come back in december with some interviews we would love to hear from you and answer any reader any listener questions or anything that you would like for us to talk about or to talk with us about we would love to know you can find us at marginallypodcast.com you can email us as i said podcast at marginallypodcast.com we're on instagram at marginallypodcast there's a theme here uh same thing <laughs> on Pinterest off and on when we remember that we have it marginally podcast yeah this is new we I don't think we've advertised this so we have a Pinterest account guys specifically Megan has a marginally <laughs> podcast Pinterest account and I'm going to do that soon I yeah. think Pinterest is a really dangerous place for me you guys I had a really serious problem with it <laughs> before <laughs> yeah <laughs> So we're there. We have a currently minimal presence there, but we'd like to build that up. So check it. Maybe at some point this week, we can give you guys some sneak peeks into some secret Pinterest boards that we use for our own work and writing prompts. Yes, exactly. Stuff that we found helpful. But that's, that's it. Yep. Have a great week. You too. Marginally is produced by the two of us, Megan and Olivia. So excuse any amateur issues. We're working on it. Theme music is It's Time by Skarika Rikaska. Show notes for every episode are available at marginallypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This will be an edited out part. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I and that's an outtake. Yeah. No, I'm